0: Hello, hello, everybody. What's going on? It's Jesse Lean. Call me hashtag boss. You're the people's mentor. And this is episode 270 of the show where I do a question and answer with a group of college students. This was... Actually, me in their classroom, their virtual classroom. Their professor is somebody that I have known for almost a decade. And these women that I was talking to, I believe are in some kind of business major. So there's a lot around mindset. There's a lot around, you know, what people think about you, things of that nature. And I think that that is really powerful, especially in a time when I keep talking about just stepping into your own power and being very authentic to who you are and who you're supposed to be. So. Today's reviewer of the show, and if you want to be a reviewer of the show, all you need to do is leave a five star review wherever you're listening to this, and make sure you subscribe and tell a friend. It's also like paying your paying your dues for listening for free. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but today's reviewer of the show is Noah's Bagel. Five stars. Love. I found Jessie Lee on Instagram. She has been such an inspiration and I love listening to her speak. This is one of the first episodes I listened to and I can't wait to listen to more. Thank you for bringing the fire. Thank you so much Noah's Bagel and to all of you reviewers out there. Please make sure you leave a review uh, because tomorrow is Monday and everybody knows money Monday, money Monday. So make sure you're listening to every episode of the show. Make sure you're definitely on tomorrow uh, and leave your five-star reviews. Somebody will win $271 tomorrow. So love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Enjoy episode 270 of the show and if you love it screenshot it put it in your story and type some of your biggest takeaways tag me so i can repost you love you guys ciao
1: also um i would say that she's more of a transformational leader at least in my words but she's going to tell us a little bit more about what she does on a daily basis and how she motivates her teams uh to do their best and exceed their own expectations kind of like push them beyond um their own limitations and yeah, that's all I really have to say about Jesse. Uh, Jesse, uh, are you ready?
2: Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Uh, <laughs> I love that little uh, intro there. I feel like this is so profesh. I love it. Um, <laughs> Professor Lauren Wells, I love this. Uh, no, I, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to answer whatever the questions are that you are looking to have me answer today and hopefully give a whole bunch of I don't know, advice or inspiration or whatever it is that, that you're looking for today. I, I love that. I am from Maryland. Went to college there as well, of course. Well, did not go to college in Maryland. I'm just telling lies. I went to college in New York, but I am from Maryland. And uh, yeah, is it cold up there? Because it's cold in Texas. I don't know why, sister, but it has decided to freeze us all out of here at a house and home. But I'm excited to be here. So thanks for having me. Thank you
1: so much for coming. I really appreciate it. So, um, Jesse, the reason why I asked you to come to my class is because I watched you for a while. So I met you through Eileen for Christina's bachelorette party. Yep. hundred years you ago. You were doing forever <laughs> ago. Right. You know, um, at that point in time, you were like the highest grossing slumber party person. Right. Mm-hmm. Then at some point, Something happened, and then guess what? You did it again, but you went to another company. You built from the ground up. And then I think you're on a third round of ground up to the top, like really fast. And I always thought that was really, really inspirational and really motivational. And I was always amazed that you were able to kind of like... you. So even though, like, something told you no, you just kept going and you just kept trying. So can you tell us a little bit more about how you find that energy to keep going no
2: matter what? Sure. So first of all, yeah, Uh, the first thing I'll say is it's important, I think, to distinguish between inspiration and motivation, which are two totally different things, right? So a lot of people like to lump them together like they're the same thing. And so I wish somebody had said this to me when I was – Like in college or even before, I don't know. But inspiration lasts forever or much longer, I should say. And motivation is a, is an emotion. And so motivation is something you feel like all of a sudden, and then it goes away because now it's cold outside or because, you know, the, uh, I don't know, the car is not working properly, or I don't know, somebody sends you a dusty text message. I don't know. And then all of a sudden you're not as motivated as you used to be, right? Um, inspiration is something I think that, that lasts and lasts. And so when it comes to inspiration, I always ask everybody to really think about why is it you're doing what you're doing? Why do you want a different life? Why do you want to change your life? Why is it important that you graduate? Why is it important that you show up as a better, more developed version of yourself? Why are you doing what you do? Because like I said, motivation can be like a fleeting moment, but inspiration can be something that lasts forever. It's deep rooted inside you. So something I like to coach a lot of people on is I want people, I want more people to think about what, why are you doing what you're doing? Like, really, why are you doing what you're doing? What is the reason you show up? Why, like, why did you show up to class today? It's annoying. It's a pandemic. Classes are on Zoom. Like, what? I would probably be a dropout. Y'all are better than me. Like, <laughs> I'm kidding. But like, I I mean, why are you here? What is the betterment you're looking for? And it doesn't have to be something super you know a lot of time as as we get older people will say things like oh I'm it's do, I'm doing it for my kids I'm doing it for my for my family like it can be whatever i came from a really rough childhood um i'm actually from frederick county maryland but i'm from middletown before it was middletown now like middletown now if you know middletown is like bougie golf courses no like back in the day you know back, back in the day middletown so um you know i i was I, I think a lot of my why has to do with control. And I don't mean control in like a crazy way. Like I'm trying to control everybody and everything. No, I mean control in the sense of, you know, a lot of the time when I'm showing up, it's because I know that if I show up, I know that if I show up as a, as a, as a high level version of myself, I know that if I show up as a, as the best version of myself, that I'm able to control things that maybe some people might think that they don't have control over. As an example, My income, you know, I don't have to show up and um, do a lot of the things I do, but then I wouldn't be able to control my lifestyle as much. So a lot of my why is actually deep rooted in control. And that comes from having a childhood that was out of control. So I don't know if any of you, I don't know everybody's backstory, obviously, but my childhood was totally out of control. I felt like there was no stability in the home. I felt like, like, like there was a lot of domestic violence uh, growing up. There was a lot of uh, insecurity financially, of course. I was raised by my grandparents. I don't know if you guys can relate to any of this. But I really felt like everything in my life was wildly out of my control. So when people say, well, why do you show up so much? Why are you contributing at such a high level? Why do you say yes to any group of people ever to coach, teach, train, mentor, whatever? I like the control it gives me. So it doesn't have to be something external. It can actually be something internal. And I think that that is really important and poignant. And I wish more people told me that when I was, uh, when I was younger back when it was like, Oh, you know, find a why that makes you cry. I just wanted to have a life that I was like excited by. <laughs> so oh, that, like y'all that hit a little different, right? Somebody came on last week, told you that no, I'm kidding. All right. And then I will just say, um, my energy to keep going. I think that goes back to what I said about, about why about a deeper purpose. And I also think, to be totally honest, my energy like this is a God given gift. I think that once you touch my energy, it, it I don't, and like not in a bad way, but like it kind of messes you up. You don't really forget me. You're like, oh, remember that girl who da da da. Um, and so my energy really to keep going though is that I've changed generational curses that my family has had because of how I showed up. Now for nine years of entrepreneurship, I think I met I met you either eight or nine years ago. And it was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, it's. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a minute. Yeah. And, um, but it's, it's never done. You know, uh, I, I talked to a lot of people who are massively successful, like billionaires as an example, you know, you won't show up in your life for money. And I know that sounds weird, especially if you're in a spot right now where you're like, nah, sis, I'd show up for some money. You'd be surprised though, because there comes a level of success where You can't tell me I'm showing up for money. I'm not, right? Uh, You can't tell a billionaire while he flies around in his private jet he's showing up for money. No, like, he got the money, honey, okay? Like, there is something deeper. What is the purpose? You know, how do you want to impact the world around you? And it starts in your hometown, you know, meeting you. My entrepreneurship journey started in Frederick County, Maryland, and then it branched out to Baltimore counties and Carroll counties and surrounding counties in Maryland. And then it stretched outside, uh, outside into the DMV. Then I started building my business in Virginia, whoo, you know, in Pennsylvania. Oh, geez. And DC, And then, you know, I went, I went national, you know, I, I started building a national business, moved myself to Texas after having a super successful business across the the country. And then now I'm in 27 countries. It's international. So it starts here. It starts, you change your home. Then you change your local community. Then you change your state. Then you change your globe or your country. Then you change your globe. So, but my energy to keep going is really that there's just so much more to contribute. There's so much more to give. And yes, there is power in money, but not what you're thinking. Like, not like this isn't a political comment, but like, cause I don't know where anybody sits on the spectrum, but like, more spectrum, you know, whatever. Um, like, I don't mean power, like power and money like a Donald Trump sort of a thing. I mean, like, you can do good in the world with your money. You can impact a lot of people's lives if you are making uh making a, a large income. You can save a lot literally save lives. You can pay for adoptions, you can um, open women's shelters. You can dig wells in Africa. You can save and rescue all the dogs on earth, you know, whatever pulls at your and tugs at your heartstrings. But for us playing small, I just want you to remember this. Like, like if you're taking notes or anything, playing small literally serves nobody. You're not serving the world when you play small. And I wish somebody was talking to me when I was, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 years old and telling me all these things because, you're in a position where you might not even realize how powerful you are, right? You're in college and you might be thinking to yourself, oh, like really, how much of an impact can I make? You have no idea, no idea. Or maybe you do know, but if you do know, then, then go and do the thing. Like go do the thing that is pulling at your heart because all of us, you know, the likelihood of you even being on planet earth is one in four trillion or something ridiculous like that. Well, you're here, you're alive. Add into that. You're hearing this message from me. God knows why. I don't know. You know, it's, it's, you know, I don't believe in coincidences. So, um, those, yeah, that's, that's why I keep going.
1: Thank you. So Jesse, um, how many members do you currently have on your team?
2: Um, 16,000 and then 500, a little over half a million customers.
1: Okay. So we have been discussing, um, kind of like the key traits that leaders have and like the difference between managers and leaders. So what I wanted to learn from you and what I'm assuming that some of my students may want to learn, you guys, you know, feel free to drop a question in our lovely chat box. Please let me know if you guys are there can I get it we're definitely here I, oh, I want to okay. ask
0: a question when when you're done because I have oh man I'll, I'll wait for you to um, ask the questions
1: <laughs> okay good because I got real nervous because it's been real
2: oh no I think I'm alarming them they're alarmed no, I'm kidding <laughs>
3: no we're here I feel like we need a session though I feel like we should like I feel like you already have some more questions written down professor so you know Get them out the way, I guess,
1: and then we'll have our questions. Okay, good. Fantastic. So Jesse, um, what can you share with us at least one challenge that you've ran into while trying to lead your team to like their next level of greatness?
2: Okay. Uh so do you want me to answer differences between leaderships and leader leaders and managers first, or do you just want me to jump into that?
1: You know what? Yes. Can you please do that? Can you go over like your definition of leadership versus management? Sure.
2: Um, Okay. So uh, yeah, there's a couple. I mean, there's a lot of differences. A manager is somebody that I think people follow because they have to, not because they're inspired. And that's a big difference. You know, um, a leader is going to cause action around them just from their presence. Managers don't do that. Right When you're around the energy of a powerful leader, it just makes you do more. It makes you be more. It makes you become more. It makes you a completely different version of yourself. Managers are just there to manage situations. They're not there to inspire. Um, I think that managers are excellent at executing tasks, which actually makes them followers not leaders. Okay. So if there's a specific thing in place, a manager will say, oh, no, no, that's not protocol. Protocol is we do this. A leader is more like, okay, proactive thinking. How do I improve the process? How do I, where are the gaps and the holes in what's going on right now? And how do I make it better? Right. Um, I think that, uh, I think that managers are people who are, they have to be very meticulous because they're not the ones coming up with the plan. A leader is somebody who really has vision and sees where they want things to go and then can, you know, turn on a dime, can pivot. I use the word pivot a lot in leadership because it's not, I'll just tell you, it's never going to go the way that you'll want it to go. Okay. Something I think is super powerful. I think, I know you're taking notes, but it's not about how you get there. It's about where you want to go. And a leader understands that. So the amount of things I have done in my life and in my career and, and as an entrepreneur where I thought... It was going to be this path. I thought, you know, that this would be the leader that takes me, uh, takes us further places. I thought my business was going to be in Maryland, the biggest or something. I'm just making stuff up, right? How you get where you want to go is alarmingly usually not the case. I made a status nine years ago on Facebook and I said, "I'm going to be the first millionaire in my family." Well. The company that I'm part of right now didn't even exist nine years ago. So clearly I wasn't talking about this as the way to make my first million dollars, okay? Well, this wasn't a bad example because this wasn't where I made my first million dollars either. But like my point being, how is there relevant? And a lot of managers get caught up in the, let me manage the situation. Let me manage the situation. Leaders go, this ain't working okay, we are going to pivot. We're going to go this way. We're going to try something new. We're going to grow this way. And then mentoring people to do the same, you know, management, you really can't mentor people to do stuff. It's more like, this is the book. This is the book we follow. Leaders are more like, okay, well, my idea is more along the lines of, uh, I want to coach and grow and train people to strive for bigger success and allow people to really foster unique growth. A uh, great leader is not somebody who tries to, to to say, this is me, I'm your manager, you're down here. A leader is like, okay, I'm here. It's crowded at the bottom. Let's go to the top. I always love that one. I'm like, the bottom is very crowded. Let's go up. Let's go up. I love that quote. Um, I do, yeah. That, it, it like hits a little different, right? I loved it. Um, and then I just think in general that um, a manager is more of like a doer. And a leader is going to be more of, uh, more of that, that inspiring piece, more of that person who creates action in other people. You're not a leader if you can't get people to, to do things. You know, if we're talking alpha versus beta, it's interesting because um, I was reading something last week about how a lot of people think that alphas are the ones who are doing everything. This like, really hit me, so like, I don't know if you guys will like this, but really that's a beta stance. If you're somebody who feels like you have to do everything to have success, that's beta, that's not alpha. And alpha is a delegator. And alpha pulls people up with them. And alpha gives tasks away to other people to shine light on other people. I thought that was super profound. Um, and then your question about challenges in leadership with people going to their greatness, I'll tell you right now. Please write it down. If you control your mind, you control everything. So once you make the decision that your past is no longer going to define you, once you make the decision that your past is no longer going to haunt you, once you make the decision that your traumas are not, are not necessarily the tribulations that people think they are, but instead those are actually the things that are super fuel to get you where you want in your future, then you're on the right path. But most people's minds are so negative. They are so toxic. And everything in their life becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I don't know if this has happened to you or maybe friends of yours, but it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like, oh, I'm never going to do well in speech class. Well, then you suck in speech class because you're telling God, the universe, whatever you believe in. I'm terrible at speech. And then all you next thing you know, I'm terrible at speech, right? What if you approached every situation like, I'm going to learn how to be great at this. I'm gonna show you how great I am. Even when you don't have the confidence because confidence comes through doing assignments. Confidence comes by showing up as the person you're supposed to be. But you have to, you have to conquer this. These six inches between your ears are the most important in regards to your success. You will be so much more successful in life, in business, in relationships, in growth, if you, in whatever greatness looks like to you if you understand it's this. And there is, and you know what I love about entrepreneurship? I'm a serial entrepreneur, in case you can't tell, okay? All I do is run businesses. I don't, I don't, I'm I, i I'm very bad at being an employee, if I'm being totally honest. But I will tell you um, that I just lost my entire train of thought when I was saying that. But shoot, I had something really good to say. I already know it, and I lost it. Ah, oh, shoot. But we're all going to have challenges. It might come to me, but we're all going to have challenges. We're all going to have things that make us feel like we're not great, But I will tell you that it's up to you. The only one ever actually holding you back is you. And something I see as one of the biggest challenges is that a lot of men and women they are so quick to listen to other people's opinions instead of following their own spirit. Right? People have told me I'm crazy for a long time until it became undeniable. Does that make sense? Like people said, she's doing what? She's, she's, she's leaving a job in a pathology lab. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What about her 401k? Whoa, 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 whoa. What about her health insurance? Like I had the whole, I had the book thrown at me. And I just want you to know that there's one person on earth I need everyone to focus on before everything else. And that is you. You're the one you sleep with every night. You're the one you wake up with every day. And if you are trying to please and placate everybody around you to make them happy instead of you, that is a great way to be living an unfulfilled, unhappy, low-level life. So you're probably going to ruffle some feathers on your way to greatness. You're probably going to have a lot of conversations where people say you're crazy or people say you're stupid or people say you're making a mistake or people say, what on earth are you thinking? How dare you? Well, you know what? It's your life to live. And if what you're doing is ethical and kind and feels good intuitively to you, I just want to tell you, step into your own power because the most powerful any of you will ever be is when you're following your own internal guidance and you're not listening to everybody else's little opinions about how you should be living your life. So that's, those are some things I see a lot when people are holding themselves back from their greatness. Yeah.
1: That was beautiful. Thanks. That was moving. Was, Thank you. I agree. Uh, you know we're we're gonna have a mic drop. For
2: a <laughs> oh, she even has a mic for real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
1: love it. Oh my god, that was great. That Why was do great. you have I a microphone
2: fit. too? Brianna's got a microphone too. What is happening? I yeah. love this. This is great. I mean, sometimes you get bored
1: during like
2: our pandemic, and like I like to have karaoke night. Hey, I support it fully. I feel like I need to go on Amazon immediately and find myself one. So that wasn't judgmental. That was just jealousy. I was just jealousy. I was showing jealous colors. So we
1: have a question in the chat. It's from Lynn. It says, how do you help a new employee
2: understand the culture of your organization? Cool. So thanks, Lynn. Great question. Um, Culture is happening whether you're creating it or whether you're allowing somebody else to. Let that kind of soak in for a second, because culture will be created no matter what. So what do you want your culture to look like? So for me, one of our keystone habits in our culture is empathy. So if you look at our organization, extremely diverse, super, like that's so important to me. And it comes from a place of hearing people's stories. If you don't do that, if you try to bring any of that BS, y'all already know what I'm trying to say, up around me, it is a zero tolerance policy. Zero. And that is upheld from the top down. Anything you do, people are watching. Anything you do that's around culture, it's basically a conversation about what is your character. And so then what are you doing as the leader or as the, the boss To uphold that. And then making sure that these things do matter. This is how our organization is ran. This is what we believe in. And if you don't fit in, that's fine. Peace. Like, go find somewhere else. But there are certain parts of our culture. Love. Acceptance. Diversity. Empathy. Right? Those are very important to the key of why we're successful. I truly believe that. I say a lot of the time, look, we're come as you are. Okay? And... I don't just say it; it's not lip service. I mean it. And the way you make somebody who's new understand that is, you live it. You live it. You're not one person on social media, and then another person when, like, the, when the when the lights go low, right? When no one's watching, are you somebody different? Right? When no, but when when it's there, like when it's not on social media, when when you don't have a camera on you, who are you? Is there a Jekyll and a Hyde situation? Hopefully not, you know, so the culture is always going to run top down. It always will. So ask yourself, you know, if you want people to work harder, are you willing to work harder? If you want people to be more patient, are you being patient and kind? If you want people to, you know, oh, example, dress a certain way, then dress a certain way. You might notice I'm in a hoodie and a pair of jeans, okay? I did not get dressed up oh fancy for you because this is me. I am coming 100% as I am on the Zoom pouring into you because I don't think it matters what I dress like. I think my brain still works just fine. If I'm wearing it, I probably got it with a coupon. It was probably like $15, (laughs) a $15 sweatshirt. Then if I'm rolling up in here in a, in a $2,000 Versace shirt, got both of them, you know, like who cares? It's, it's however you want to be. And so when you show people that when you show people that it roll, it truly rolls down from the top down. So, um, it's culture and leadership, in my opinion. If you want people to understand it, you have to live it. You have to breathe it. You have to be it.
1: That was wonderful. That was, that was moving. I really enjoyed that one. Thanks. Um, and so we have another question. We have a question from Brianna. It says hi, Jesse. I'm not sure why, but when. Professor Wells said, Jesse, I thought about Jesse J.
2: You know yeah. that song where she's like, <laughs> there's like a song, you probably know it. Have you heard her song, Who's Laughing Now? Yeah. Okay, that is like. <laughs> Y'all, I was made fun of so much growing up. I sat alone, grades K through 12 at, at lunch and everything. And it's, it's like my theme song to life now. And it's like, you know, they're calling you now like you're, you were friends from high school. I don't know you. What are you talking about? Now you like me because I'm famous on the internet? Like, get it up, get up off of my... No, we don't have time for that, okay? So that's funny you say that. Anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead with your question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it says, anyway, my question is, what is your take on whether leaders are born or made?
2: Um, they're made 100%. You can't convince me of anything. So there are life circumstances that push you into leadership at younger ages, but it's always made. So my leadership, sure, I, got, I was a natural born leader. Okay. Because I was born into a household that was psychotic. So I had to become a leader. You know what I mean? Like, you grow up around in a household like I grew up in. You're, someone's got to be the leader. And since none of my siblings were stepping up as the leader, I turned into the leader because somebody had to get the kids to school. Somebody had to make sure we're fed. Somebody had to make sure all, all the, like, the lights are on, you know? So, you know, yeah, I got born at shore, you know? but uh, No, made, 100%. Because it goes back to this. The leadership starts in the mind as well. All of it starts in the mind. It's a decision. Right. And I will tell you, my leadership has evolved so much over the last nine years of being an entrepreneur. It's unbelievable. Um, I used to lead like with an iron fist. And I think that's because that's all I saw. It's all I saw uh, in examples of leadership, you know, in my um, my direct area, you know, Um, my household, things of that nature. So I thought that that was what leadership was. And then I started to learn that it's it's not true at all. You know, I started to learn it's when people feel your heart that they want to be led by you because it's people's choice to be led. They don't have to follow you. Um, if I mean, I can't go over it, right? I just uploaded a podcast on it today, actually, so you could check it out. But the five levels of leadership, it's a concept by John Maxwell. But that really changed my life because I was really that leader that, if anything, people were leading because they were scared of, or following because they were scared of me. It wasn't because I was a pinnacle leader that people were looking up to like, right. wow, I want to be that. So it's constant growth. And I will tell you, um, you le- I know I can see you all taking notes. So you learn in the hard times. That's when you actually learn. So you're all young. I'm going to warn you. You have a lot of storms ahead of you. And I don't say that to freak you out. I say it because I've been through a lot of storms and every single last one of them was a massive blessing. Blessing. I didn't mix up my words. It's a blessing. That's where you learn. That's where you grow. That's where leadership is genuinely formed. That's where who you are supposed to be. I only see women on here. As a woman, as a woman and as a leader and as a boss, that's where that's formed. And I don't use the word boss, babe, boss, lady, because I think it's demeaning. So that's a different subject. But anyway, I'm like, what? Am I like less than just the man that's a boss? No, no, I am not. I'm better than him. You can just call me a boss. It's fine.
1: <laughs> and that's all period poo. Period. Or whatever the.
2: Whatever the, you know, whatever yeah. Whatever pop, or, yeah, Great pop culture's me. in, yeah. <laughs>
1: hmm. So we have another question. This one's from Alba. It says, "Hello, Jesse. Growing up, were you an extrovert? If not, how did you find th- find this understanding and outgoing personality?"
2: So I'm outstanding, act- outstanding. outstanding. Oh, Outs- yeah. oh, yeah. geez, I'm so sorry. Outstanding. First of all, thank you. It's really nice of you. Um, I'm actually not extroverted. So plot twist, dun dun dun. I am very business extroverted, but I am an introvert. So I can turn it on when it needs to be turned on. And then I turn it all the way off. I sit in silence. I read a lot. I am very introspective. Um, I am very peaceful and very calm. And then when I need to uh, put on the charisma, the charisma comes on. So I say that to, to some of you because maybe you're like, holy smokes. I Whoa, I am like moved right now. She is a comedian or whatever. Um, I appreciate that. It comes from doing it over and over and over and over again. Um, You know, I used to do at-home events, like where I met Professor Lauren as an example. And, you know, it was just a comedy hour for an hour, you know? And then I would literally get in my car and sit in silence like, I am so tired. (laughs) I'm wiped out. So I'll just tell you, um, you know, I think everybody has a great personality. I think more people need permission to step into it. And so here's my permission. I give you permission. Be yourself. Like, if you think people aren't going to judge you, they are. Okay? I'm not going to be like, nobody's judging you, Rifa. Okay? Yeah, they are. (laughs) Okay? They are. But if they're going to judge you anyway, then you might as well, A, make yourself happy. And B, I like to say it like this. Put on a show. Put on a show. Whatever that looks like to you. Because this diluted version of your personality because you're so scared you're going to step on somebody's toes crazy you're not helping anybody and you're making yourself feel this small so i'm actually introverted but i am very business extroverted because i do understand that there are dynamic personalities that are very attractive so that's all that is it's all it's all time it's time learning and consistency you learn that's
1: beautiful it gorgeous. You know, stop giving your shine for other people. Just be your whole self.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, everybody else is already taken. So why do we spend our time trying to be like everybody else? It actually doesn't make sense to me. We me just think about it for a second. The world needs you. The world doesn't need another Cardi B. Okay. <laughs>
1: no we don't need another cardi um does anybody else have any other questions for jesse
3: um yeah i was gonna try to say mine instead of typing because i literally couldn't figure out how to type it so i was like let me just turn my mic on but um i feel like i struggle a lot with like the idea of kind of like not being professional enough or like professionalism in itself whether it's, like, the language I use or, like, my appearance in an office, like, I remember, I think I shared that story in class with, like, my internship and literally being quiet when I was struggling, so I, I don't know if you have any, like, advice on, that's more, like, employee kind of based, like, not really leadership, but, like, what do you, what would you do if you were somebody that were, was trying to start from the bottom and go up, but still had to, like, you know, so to somebody.
2: the first thing you said that I want to talk about is you said you the struggle in silence. Stop that. It is so toxic. Not just to you. Like I'm giving you permission to stop that crap right now. But the problem is that we have this weird society where that is perpetuated as being healthy. Right. That's why we have toxic masculine. I don't even know what this course is that you're, that you're a professor of. So I don't know if I'm like way off on some like totally inappropriate tangent right now, but whatever. Okay. She's like, no, you give them their liberal arts education. Come on now. Go sister. Okay. So you're, you're you, in the zone. You're Prince, in, can you please make sure she's quiet because she's not being quiet. Thank you. My dog's deaf by the way. So I can't, I can't hush her up. So I think that's where toxic masculinity comes from, first of all. Toxic masculinity comes from the idea that men are supposed to struggle in silence. Toxic masculinity comes from the idea that men aren't supposed to be vulnerable. Toxic masculinity, holy smokes, Wookie Lee, comes from the idea that you can't have emotions and if you do, something's wrong with you. That's crazy. That's what our society says is normal. Same thing happens with women, though. I know these are all women here. This idea that we're supposed to struggle in silence, do you understand that we connect as human beings over vulnerabilities? You're struggling in silence because you are, I'm making stuff up, so I don't wanna, You know, I don't know what you're dealing with, but because you're experiencing anxiety or you're experiencing depression or you're experiencing loneliness because it's a pandemic or you're experiencing thoughts of insecurities or you have low self-esteem because your body doesn't look like Beyonce or J-Lo or uh, you can't afford the same amount of uh, injectables as J-Lo and you think that she has no injectables when she's 50 years old. She has more Botox in her face. Come on now, she's just got a good injector get with it like this crazy society that we have thought as being normal when everyone you probably know is doing what you just said which is struggling in silence is crazy and dangerous your people are out there feeling the same way you do and they don't even know so then you get together with your friends you're sitting pretty quietly in a circle because everyone's got crippling anxiety you don't know what to say to each other and nobody says hey dude is anybody else like super stressed out why don't we just have those conversations? Why don't we normalize uh, mental health? Why do we normalize real bodies? Why don't we normalize uh, you know, strong, vulnerable men? It's crazy. It's a crazy world out there. I don't understand that. But I will tell you the other part of your question about not looking professional enough. I mean, I gotta give it up to the other generations because, I mean, they got us here. You know, they procreated and here we are. But man, times are changing. I kind of said it earlier, but my brain is professional 24-7. So just because I might not be dressed up in some, I'm not like over here dripping all the time, doesn't mean that I'm not professional. I know how to carry myself. I don't say stupid things. Just because I don't want to get my hair done, my makeup done, and and wear a five-piece Hillary Clinton suit doesn't mean you know I made fun of Trump earlier I had to make fun of her too you know <laughs> like doesn't mean you know it doesn't mean that I'm not professional and so I think what we really need to focus more on is shifting the paradigm of what professional looks like and showing up as a version of yourself that is authentic to you and if you don't want to get your hair done and put makeup on to go to work it doesn't mean you're not professional show people how smart you are with your mind People compliment me out. She's so beautiful. Oh my God, her body. I, I would rather you never tell me how hot I am. I don't care. Tell me how smart I am. Tell me how smart I am. Tell me how I impacted your life. I want more of that. I want women to, f- to focus more on that. Because you are enough. Just because you don't want to sit all prim and proper with your legs crossed in a pencil skirt with stockings and whatever else you're expected to wear behind a desk does not make you any less professional. And I think that's one of the great blessings of this pandemic is like, we're all sitting here working behind laptops and iPads and cell phones. You know, I went to court the other day. I'm, I'm the, I'm the, what is it? I'm the plaintiff, you know, so I'm not in trouble. Someone else is in trouble just for the record. Right. But I was like, man, I'm the pants free plaintiff over here. This judge doesn't even know because I'm in court on Zoom, (laughs) you know, like, Come on, man, it's a new world. And I and this pandemic has had a lot of negative effects on the world, but there are also blessings that have come out of it. And I think one of it is that you're gonna be able to walk out of this and hold your head high knowing that your idea of professional is professional enough. And just remind yourself of that every day. And I, I spend a lot of my time, I think, breaking down glass ceilings. Maybe you can already tell that from the last however long this has been, but I'm just telling you, it, it doesn't matter what, you know, your parents and grandparents and whatever think is professional. It matters what you think is. And so just step into the authentic version of that. It's way more powerful than showing up in a, you know, as a, as a diluted again, version of what actually makes you feel powerful because power looks different for everybody. Does that Thank answer you. the question?
1: <laughs> yes, okay. That was great. Uh, Brianna, I think I saw you raise your hand, maybe, maybe not i'll put it in the chat oh you put another one yay it's there oh my god okay it says jesse i want to be an entrepreneur in the fashion industry i want to open an international business what advice do you
2: have for rising entrepreneurs like myself first thing i'll say is it does not matter what you know it matters who you know and that is in anything in entrepreneurship One door swung open will change your entire life. I promise you. It's like that picture you've probably seen on the internet where there's like two coal miners and one, and like one gives up right when, like the the gold, the gold is like right here, but they stop right here. Right. And then this one goes through and gets the gold or whatever it is, whatever the prize is at the end of it. It's like, just keep connecting. Just keep finding good people, you know, spend time DMing people. Spend time all, like seriously, the amount of money I've made on Facebook and Instagram is stupid. But it's because I'm not scared to DM people that I know have influence. I'm not scared to make connections. I'm not scared to, you know, listen to somebody's podcast and reach out and say, hey, you inspired me on this podcast when you said blah, blah, blah. I was wondering if we can connect sometime. Would you do a training for, for my people or or whatever, you know? People are so scared of people, you know, I think it's important Oops, I just hit, hit a button. I don't know what I did. Um, I think it's important that we remember that everybody's a human. So all I really mean by that is I think sometimes we put people up on pedestals and we forget that everybody, everybody's a human. Everybody has insecurities. And so inside of that, all of them should remember what it was like to have nothing unless they're like trust fund babies. So have more conversations. It doesn't matter what the, what the space is in entrepreneurship you're looking into, but put yourself in situations where you give yourself a chance. Send yourself to those vendor shows when you don't feel like it. You know, I don't know if you know about how Sarah Blakely, S- Spanx, took $5,000 and turned it into a multi-billion dollar empire. She literally was the one calling the vendors. She showed up at, at vendor shows and, and, Prince, where are you? Oh, she's a pee. Thank you. Uh, sorry, my videographer. Um, well, I'm just saying. So, <laughs> Wookie has to be. <laughs> she literally was making phone calls and then showing up at, um, like, at vendor fairs and introducing herself. So then she got into Bloomingdale's or Neiman Marcus or one of those. And somebody, a different vendor said, how did you get into Bloomingdale's? She said, I called them. They said, what? She said, I called them. And she said, well, we never, we never thought to call them. So sometimes when there's not a path, you can just make the path. But you do need to pick up the phone, probably. You do need to send the DMs. You do need to make connections because the power is in the people. It's always in the people.
1: So well spoken. Like Thank there's you. There's nothing wrong with sliding in somebody's DMs. Like, what's the worst thing that they're going to
2: do? Are you kidding Before? me? I, y'all, <laughs> do y'all know who Trent Shelton is? You should go listen to Trent Shelton if you don't already. Oh, my God. He's amazing. So anyway, he has, like, 15 million followers, so I figured you might know who he is. But, like, I slid all up in his DM. Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> and now we're, like, real-life friends. Like, he was just at my house the other day. You know? So, like, no. But, like, in all of them. Like, Ramit, my finance dude. I, like, I, I joke around. I tell my people this all the time. I straight up force friendships. <laughs> I'm like, no, you gonna be my friend. That's what's gonna happen. You gonna be my friend, okay? And then I make them my friend. But like, just add value, 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 value. And I just, I just do that with people. And then I know what goes around comes around. So.
1: I agree. Oh, really? Just dive in. Uh, Rifa, I saw like a little hand gesture, like the yeah. little blue hand. Did you raise a question? Yeah, I have a
3: question to ask. Um. On the note of kind of just like reaching out to people and not being scared to do so. So I feel like I have trust issues, right? And it's like, oh my God, this has become like life advice. And sorry, Professor, if our, cl- our questions are supposed to be catered to the class, but I'm really taking advantage of this moment. But um, if you have like kind of like not issues on the front of like reaching out, being scared to reach out, but kind of like, just afraid of like what the risk of kind of making a relationship with that person can kind of result in like, how do you, like how do you basically know who to, and like if you can trust the people that you're trying to like reach out and connect with, because I feel like I have major issues with just letting anyone in or like making any type of friend, if that makes sense.
2: Um, Some of it does, but I would say, first of all, it's like an inner work thing more than anything. I would work on, like, I would literally work on loving yourself, first of all, because you probably have, from, the, from what you just said, you probably have a lot more value to give to the world than you even realize. So that's the first part of that conversation. You're just better than you think you are. You just don't know it about yourself yet, but people probably see your greatness in you. Um, so with that said, uh, <laughs> they're usually really quiet dogs. I don't know what's going on right they're now. They're on a whole other level. It got cold out. I don't know what's going on. Um, but I will tell you, you know, I always used to say, and I still say it, I suppose if you don't ask, you never know. And so find out and have conversations with people. People ask all the time or say all the time, Oh, I wish I had like a sixth sense. I wish I could predict the future, whatever. You kind of can. It's your intuition. It's when you're having a conversation with somebody and you're like, Ew, that feels gross. Right? Listen to that. Listen to that gut feeling inside you that says, this is not good, this is not good, This or this is good, this is good, this is good. You already know. You knew that boyfriend was no good two weeks in. You just ignored every red flag like you were colorblind, okay? You already knew, okay? You already knew. You just weren't paying attention. And I, and I say that it's kind of funny because it's take. it probably took me 30 years to listen to my intuition on stuff. Business decisions. I let people run me over all the time. So I don't want you to think I'm holier than thou and I'm, you know, immune to it. I'm just telling you, listen to your gut. If it feels gross, it's a no. And then remind yourself, no is a complete sentence. No is a complete sentence. You don't have to be a pushover about everything. You don't have to please everybody. You don't have to placate everybody. You don't have to make everybody else happy. It's okay for you to protect yourself. Protect your peace. It's okay.
1: That was beautiful. So does anybody else have any questions for Jessica Lee? I do. Well, I have like a
4: comment, and I want to advise on it. I'm married, and I'm a mom. But oftentimes, I feel like I live in two worlds, my student life in college and being at home. My family is only sp- Spanish-speaking native. And I love them, but I notice when it comes to talk about my uh, what I learned in college and my dreams, they all like turn away or then I start feeling lonely. Like within my family, about my career goals. And I get discouraged and I kind of do my own sabotage my, with my own thoughts about my dreams. And also I self um, prophecy my own self in a way. So what advice would you give me? Because I have spent a lot of money trying to be, get a different mindset. I look into programs and I, I buy books. I look for journals. Just trying to be the best I can be. But I end up in the same place and it's like, I'm
2: tired. of. It. Yeah. So first of all, I just want to say thank you for sharing that because I know that's not easy. Um, and I will just tell you, first of all, there are a couple different people in your life. First of all, you're going to have lovers that come by and they just support everything you do. And those are great people to have in your life uh, in times when you feel like you probably feel right now, which is super low and like nobody understands you. The problem with your family and with probably a lot of close friends is that they're the second kind of people. And those are naysayers. And it's not that they don't love you, which is what it feels like. They do love you. But the problem is that when you step into the best version of Carla, it makes them feel worse about themselves. Because when your star rises and theirs does not, it is a projection on them about where they are in their lives. And so they probably do try to hold you back. Some of them are maybe subtle about it. Some of them are maybe way out there about it. Like, huh, you're crazy. But you have to understand, we live in an abundant earth. We have an abundant God as far as I'm concerned. You're on my Zoom, so I'm saying it, all right? But I'm gonna tell you, you can have anything you want in this life. And I love that you dream, but let me tell you something. You need to protect your mindset. You, you're reading, here's what's happening. I don't even know you, and I'm telling you what's happening because this happens to most people. You are on a high. You are so excited because you just finished the course, you finished the class, you finished the book, you finished the podcast, you finished the audible, whatever it was, you're all hype. And then you go and you tell your family, and they go, oh, this is not good. That was a really bad Spanish accent, but I tried. Right, like they try to tell you it's not good. They try to tell you what you're saying, like this is ridiculous, this is not gonna be you. And you go, pfft. This is the cycle. And then you pull yourself back out with a book and then you tell them again and it crashes over and over again. Stop telling the people that don't support your goals and dreams your goals and your dreams. Go get a new circle. I'm serious. Get new friends. These people in your class, I don't know if y'all are friends friends or if you're just like class friends, make friends with like-minded people. There is a saying, and it is so true. You become like the five people you spend your most time with. So then why are you spending all of your time with people who think you suck or your goals are stupid or they're way too big? No. Spend time with the dreamers and the doers, not the naysayers. Spend time with people who hype you up, even when it makes no sense. Because you need to protect your mindset over everything. So go get new friends. I don't like being the smartest one in the room. I like being, I like spending my weekend last week, I went to billionaire and a whole bunch of people worth multi, 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 multi millions, like hundreds of millions of dollars. I loved it. Cause I felt like a little pee in a pad. I'm like, woo, I got an up level, baby. Not anybody in there was, was talking about I was weird about anything. I'm sitting there like this man flew here on a jet this afternoon, his own jet. What am I doing in my life? protect your peace, protect your mindset.
4: Thank you. I'll keep doing that.
1: That was very good advice because I know I see it a lot. It's kind of like you can't. um, So me, when I'm dealing with kind of like moving up in my career and trying to like push myself within my day job, it's like, take advice from people that you're willing to take trade like spaces with as it relates to that advice
2: people take money advice from people whose bank accounts look like an emergency phone number okay yeah australia's (laughs) emergency phone number is zero all right i don't want to hear how to make money from somebody who does not know how to make money i wouldn't take marriage advice from somebody who's been divorced nine times so why would you take happiness advice from somebody who's miserable
1: exactly exactly Yeah. And like, it also goes to that quote where it's like, like you were saying, like, you can't really tell everybody what your goals are. You need to save that for like a very specific set of individuals. And I know I've learned that kind of like recently as I'm trying to like build stuff in like my free time and try to like reach my own like personal goals, whether it's something as silly as I I went to Paris and London by myself in March and like some people were just so appalled that oh my god you're going on vacation by yourself and it's like well it's spring break why not <laughs> like you just get up and do it and just kind of push yourself to the next level yourself
2: sometimes. Yep, for sure. Well, I don't want to cut you guys off, but I am super late to my six (laughs) o'clock that I had. (laughs) But I had an awesome time with all of you. Um, I hope there was a bunch of value and...